This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. We are back from one more day of one more week of lockdown here in Delhi. Things are not getting any better. If at all they seem to be getting worse throughout the country, hopefully we shall be able to give you some more information and news giving some clarity and updates on all corona related things that are happening around the world. There's very little other than that in the news these days although there is some stuff we have we shall give you that i'm abhinandan sekri telling you that pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers are served and i will tell you why it will be all the more important in the years to come so first let me introduce the panel before we get into what made the news and what didn't and how this is going to impact the world and how seriously is the world taking it in the office today we have raman hi mehraj hello and manisha hi joining us online from bangalore is dhanya rajendran founder and editor in chief of the news minute hi dhanya hi hi so thank you for making the time i believe you have like half an hour how how long do you have how long can we have you on this conversation that depends on how interesting the conversation is acha bachu aisa kya okay then we shall make it so interesting that you'll ta- you'll book a flight to come here and join the news laundry office there's no flight private flight obviously are <laughs> sir dhanya is a very connected journalist she can get anything done by the way did you see this uh, small uh, report india today did about all these rich people sending their jets private to jets. ferry their people yes, back yes. kids and parents like one person per flight i saw that um well people <gasps> are doing stuff well the americans sent Sigh. a flight to take all their citizens away because i know i i one of my help her sister works with an american family and the family is gone because flight came no for that matter is that way they are really sent, good yaar they really take care for, about their citizens sent one to goa swedish mm. swedish have also sent it to goa see they evacuate humne we are the only country that has said you can't enter no but india also Even sent indian flights to back. a lot of countries it's just that like they can't manage buses for people who are going home on foot but uh, let me just introduce dhanya other than being the editor in chief of the news minute and the co-founder she has done a lot of reporting she is a ground reporter in seoul even today and you see her doing a lot of that uh, she's a graduate of the asian college of journalism and many of her reports on human rights violations and corruption resulted in national investigations including two by the country's apex agency the cbi so welcome dhanya thank you i'll just give you the headlines of what happened um indian cases have reached 2166 as of this morning the death toll rises to 50 we had the highest spike with 386 new covid-19 cases uh, in the last 24 hours i don't know what the status is going to be by the time this podcast goes online which is usually a 24 hour lag then there is a fund set up called the pm cares fund for covid-19 it is uh, apparently not within the bounds of government it's not like a government fund it is a trust outside of the government or that is what has been reported and art saket gokhale has filed an rti so the wire did a piece on this we can talk a little more about that then the center went to the supreme court seeking that no media should publish covid-19 news without first ascertaining facts with the government a rather bizarre request raman sir will be able to give some more gyan on that because he's read the full judgment uh he was saying it was a very sneaky way of the government trying to basically just get censorship in but luckily the supreme court hasn't said yes to what they had demanded 
Yeah. Some effect, yeah, but but yeah. not completely. Yeah, completely. but but saying that it is mandatory. I mean, directing us to carry their, you know, version two. Version means whatever they give. Mm. So so that is something which Supreme Court has no business to tell under Article fourteen. But it doesn't stop us from reporting. Right? Of course not. All right. So then there was a big case which became a circus on prime time last night. The Tablighi Jamaat held apparently some sort of an event at Nizamuddin Dargah that is here in uh, Delhi. on the evening of march 13th mm. and that has super spreaders there are like i don't know how many people from there who went all over the country who are testing positive one after the other then india has sent covid-19 protective gear to serbia while there is a huge shortage at home there's a report around this i wonder what the reasoning around this can be and the migrant labor problem is kind of reduced it's not solved many migrant labor have been adjusted in camps all around the country and also many people are coming forward to feed them which is nice to see but it's far from fixed the problem you must have seen the video and i saw that in bbc by the way india and india makes it on the bbc almost every day i don't know whether you guys watch the morning bulletin on bbc but these days india makes it daily oh. whether it is for being sprayed that in india this happened yeah. mm. or in india there are people stuck on the road or in india there are cops upturning vegetable carts yeah. every day india has made it to bbc so we should be really proud <laughs> um you know finally we are hitting the world map so far 22 migrants have died while trying to get home to the lockdown some out of sheer exhaustion hunger some being run over and the delhi government is tripling uh, the scale of the food program it will feed 1.2 million poor i still think calling it hunger centers is a little disrespectful they should just call them food centers you don't have to make the hungry feel so needy that they're going to hunger centers ambulance work in up threatened to a halt due to a shortage of PPEs, which is the protective gear. In fact, uh, I forget which hospital. The four hos- four doctors decided to quit. They said we don't want to work anymore, and they have been served with some sort of a notice. And I'm just wondering, you can't force someone to work, right? But um, we'll probably give some more information on that. And China has reopened their famous markets that sell bats, pangolins, and everything because their numbers have dipped. This has set forth a lot of conspiracy theories that I shall elaborate on. and the economic impact of this is something that i would like to talk on which is not being spoken of at all other than in the us to some extent other than that we have kashmir is also in the news mehraj you have some headline on that yeah so they sneakily well everybody is at home they changed the domicile rules so earlier you were a state subject you were a permanent resident of kashmir you were entitled to certain benefits and it basically the whole idea was to protect the demographic make up of the state mm. now they have done away with that so if you are a person who has served in kashmir lived there for 15 years if you have studied there gone to school there for 7 years and uh, sat for class 12 class uh, 11 uh, class 12 and class 10 exams so you will be a domicile which means you will be you will be entitled to buy land you will be entitled for right. jobs and everything so basically all the like the long term military officers or the bureaucrats and their children are automatically now the residents of kashmir so why don't you come in dhanya some of the i mean let's start with this nizamuddin case some of these people have made it to bangalore and parts of chennai you guys have been covering this vigorously how widespread is the extent to the impact there and has the narrative that many of the english news channels took that this is biological warfare by muslims is there any I mean, is it just noise on television, or does this have repercussions on the ground? From your understanding, so a um, couple of things. One is that the meeting happened from eight 
onwards and i think people were there till the 24th now we have spoken to at least 25 participants uh, of this uh, jamaat event in delhi so they've gone in batches there was one event on 8th 9th and 10th which was the international meet which had the preachers from other countries like thailand indonesia etc so after 10th many of them dispersed from there and they went to different states because they were told to preach in mosques in those states so that's how thai and in- indonesian nationals reached tamil nadu telangana etc the next meeting which is the andhra jod starts i think 3 days later that's from there was another meeting on 13 14 15 then another one uh, from 20 on 21st and 22nd so there were a couple of meetings which happened in these two weeks and people have flown out of delhi till the 24th so the problem is huge because they are in almost every district for example every state has around 1000 to 1500 participants i'm talking only about the southern states excluding kerala kerala has had only 300 participants till now all the other states have around 1500 participants and they are from every district so the cluster in every district which the authorities have to now watch out for are their immediate contacts but that's not all many of them have taken flights and trains including spicejet indigo air india they have flown out from delhi in various flights and trains so passengers co passengers in these flights and trains also have to be informed so it's a huge exercise but my problem with this whole thing is the event starts on 8th it goes on to 21st the first case uh, in telangana uh, was positive on march 16th on march 18th 10 people were positive in telangana tamil nadu gets its first case on march 21st what were all these states doing for the last 10 days what were the center doing for the last 10 days why was there no communication why did we have to wait from march 18th to march 31st for the state to suddenly announce saying everyone who attended jamaat please come and declare yourself right so what you're saying is since these had already been discovered before that the, the cases that you spoke about at the states clearly the states did not follow up or try to retrace their steps that's what you're saying right the states states just said i don't even it. know if the states inform the center or the center i mean there has to be some, most of these states had cases before 21st and i saw a pib release yesterday saying that the center told the states that on march 21st uh, the center had given out uh, a warning saying that such a jamaat has happened and a few people have turned positive we have spoken to people who flew out of delhi on 24th so if there was such an information then why didn't uh, why didn't the center and delhi government put all these people in quarantine between 21st and 24th so obviously yes this group was careless there's definitely no doubt about it but the governments do have ignored it for at least 10 days right that's an mm. interesting aspect so um, anisha yeah. i mean you watched that has any of these questions been asked not on television no okay. not on television and one one other thing important thing is that uh, the home ministry told us that they were screening people right from february 1st at the airport and especially uh, tourists coming from nations that have had covid cases so thailand had the first case on 13 january malaysia had a first case on 25 january so how were preachers from these countries entering india without the center the home ministry knowing that you know we are getting tourists from these guys why were they allowed to enter in the first place i think also between like dhanya said between 8th to 21st at least there were congregations happening there was the main international event and then there were smaller state events uh, delhi government puts out the first notice which is very vague i think you know they just say that no sports no conferences on the march on march 13th they should have ideally had religious conferences also mentioned that explicitly but they mention it on the march 16th and uh march 16th when an order comes that you can't even have religious congregations going on so why was it allowed to go on from march 16 to march 21st 
and when you have the police station right next door so clearly i mean uh, and tablighis from what i i hadn't really heard about this group before they made the news but from what i hear there are particularly radical strain of preachers they they're a bit like mormons i guess no not evangelical in their approach is what no. i've read and and I was reading a Mumbai Mirror piece, at least, which said that even the Deobandis and all don't like them. I mean, the people within the Sunni sects that don't like them because of their particularly kind of uh, radical approach to Islam. If anything, they are on the other side. So this is the problem. Radical? Like the this Indian media only starts to care about Muslims when they have to demonize them. I'm sure all these anchors on TV they haven't even been to. Like they don't even know where this markaz is. So if you have known what it is, so let me just give you a uh, sort of a context. this movement it's a revivalist movement so it started in the second half of the 19th century like all movements if you really th- uh, look at it all the re- islamic revival revivalist movements in india started in the later period of the 19th century or early 20th century and that's the reason for that because they were products of their circumstances you look at uh, deoband uh, molana nanotwi ashraf ali thanvi sulaiman nadwi hasrat mohani even uh, Uh, Ubulala Maududi, the founder of the Jamaat-e-Islami. So all these, every all of these things started after the first war of independence, eighteen fifty-seven, because that was the decisive blow to political power in India. And these people were grappling with that. What happened? Why did Muslims lose power in India? And if you realize, all these people come from around Western UP, Mewat, Punjab, Delhi, because this is this this was the center of the political, uh, the Muslim political power. So they took different. approaches to how basically the idea was everybody thought muslims lost power because they have lost like way they have lost their religion so how do you bring it back different approaches nanotwis was will establish an institution they established deoband these people like uh, the person who founded tablighi jamaat tablighi jamaat uh, molana ilyas he was part of the deoband movement he came out of it ubulala mododi alama iqbal went a completely different way they said they in fact reconstructed islamic thought that had come down from ghazali and ibn taymiyah 800 900 thousand years of history they reconstructed it to create what we now know as political islam so that's the jamaat e islami this was a revivalist movement the idea was because muslims have lost power socio economic power political power as a result especially in the rural areas this molana ilyas was originally from the mewat area so muslims have lost their way because they don't know their religion anymore they don't read they are not educated they are not literate even so the idea was we'll go to them to their mosques to their villages and teach them the basics of religion it's not missionary it's not a proselytization right. mission it is basically to reclaim to kind of so they are the in fact the criticism that they get from other sects is that basic especially say in kashmir for example the criticism is they're not political they're not engaged at all with like the separatist movement for example right same in india they have never been involved in politics i mean mm. there's this sort of a i mean a way of demeaning them is that nehru gave them this order back in the day that a written agreement that you won't engage in politics and nobody will stop you right so they they so they are considered sell outs by some other yes and sects. the basic thing is they go to the mosque they'll tell you these are the things in islam like do namaz say uh, be truthful and all these small small things and wear a like a shalwar kameez keep a dhadi mm. those kinds of things nothing beyond that and the idea is how you do it is you take basically like a sort of a 
uh, 10 15 people 20 people they go you leave your home for three days go with the jamaat you learn on the sort of learn with them and you go to other places and teach other people and you become a basically yeah you become their training routes Exa- there. exactly like that and now this has spread globally like it has huge influence in malaysia southeast asia and all those other places it's a global movement if you have been to nizam but Udin, it started here It's an Indian in 1926 people from india go to malaysia and thailand with this jamaat hmm. like you go for some people go for three days some hmm. go for 40 days some people go for longer four months even travel around the world teach people learn you also learn yourself so if you have been to that markaz area nizamuddin any day of the year there'll be like hundreds and thousands of people it's a four yeah, yeah. five I mean, I've been there. story fact, structure and there are always hundreds of people there it's it's very cramped those of you who yeah. you know have done the trendy grungy thing in delhi i'm sure you've gone and of course any friends of mine that used to come overseas because I mean I think it's really nice to listen to the Kavali Ajmer is of course the best but you can't take every friend to Ajmer so you go there and of course my rule used to be you will take a pair of socks and when you come out of there you dispose this pair of socks because once you go into the to reach the actual shrine inside where the Kavali happens you have to go through these little gullies so you park outside where at one point of time Aapki Khatir used to be that used to serve amazing kebabs and, and I think Aapki Khatir is closed now so you used to park over there, then you start walking in. And Minaj, it is packed. So it is not, it's only packed when a delegation comes. It is like a, uh, kya kehte hai? Uh, not chal, it's like a basti. It's like, you know, one of those crowded bastis. And yeah, it's a very really packed basti. So that's how it is through the year. Yeah. It's not unusual for, and these multi-story hostels, it is there all the time. In fact, when you go from the back, if you don't enter from the Aapki Khatir side, if you enter from the Nizamuddin police station side, then there is a tall building which houses, you know, which is a hostel basically. That is a markaz. It's a mosque come hostel come resting place for everybody. And all these people usually stay inside unless they have to go out for food. Then you see and them yeah, on it's restaurants. It's always and, yeah. packed. So if you go in there, I mean, I've been there often. It's always yeah. packed. It's not unusual. But, but Danya, what you said about this. So now going forward, what has your investigations found? That is the testing happening to everybody who was connected with those families? Like in Punjab, that one ragi... Ragia, the guys who sing at the Gurdwaras, he infected 14 people in his own family, 23 people in the village. He was a kind of a super spreader. What has been the impact of these guys who've come there? It's again uh, very different from state to state. Like in Andhra, we spoke to people who were tested, though they were asymptomatic. In Tamil Nadu, they're only testing symptomatic people. Even within the Jamaat, they're telling people to be on home isolation and uh, they're not testing them if they're asymptomatic. So testing differs. But my only concern really is that, yes, this cluster is huge and uh, testing has to increase in this cluster. But I don't know if states are ignoring other clusters because of this whole Jamaat news explosion in the last two days. Uh, Like, for example, in Mysore, there is a case where 17 people have got COVID-19. They're all working in a pharmaceutical company. Until now, no one knows how the cluster started. For example, no one's traveled abroad. No one had any contact with a COVID-19 patient. So I hope that states are also focusing on other clusters and not just on the Jamaat. The Jamaat is going to be very difficult. At least in the southern states, we haven't had complaints of uh, the Jamaat people not uh, going to the police or not turning up at hospitals. In fact, everyone has been. 
and the tamil nadu chief secretary in fact said yesterday that people have been cooperative so we have had no trouble till now as to people hiding their details but to trace their families people who have who they have been in contact with that's going to be a nightmare because like i said they all been traveling for almost two and a half weeks now so that's mm. like a huge set of people who they could have uh, passed the virus on to right uh, now- and uh, one one small thing i wanted to add from the news headlines that you read in the beginning about this uh, export to serbia of the ppe so actually what was exported to serbia was surgical gloves and that's not banned for export by india oh so they weren't masks they were only gloves no they were they were only surgical gloves and there are no gloves shortage in our country yet is there I mean, I don't think they so. may be, but as of now, it's not on the export ban. Right. Yeah, and I think one thing important she puts forward is there are ten hotspots in India right now. There's a lot of focus on Jamaat, and there's a lot of testing because of, because of which our numbers have gone up. But that means, I mean, we're not testing the rest, so we don't know how terrible the other nine hotspots could be. No, even even in case of Jamaat, if you just look at the chronology, thirtieth hmm. January we had the first case. Okay, in India, in India, the, right? Yeah, the first right. recorded case. And this, uh, the the screening at the airport started in the last week of February, mm. and uh, from February twenty eighth to twenty ninth, I think they made it mandatory for international passengers go for quarantine. Yeah. So how did and they self- slip through that? Yeah. If they arrived on March ninth or March tenth. people from malaysia and people from uh, countries that nah. have corona so cases. how how did they i mean uh, you know slip through those cracks some of them might already have been here like i said but some might have uh, like you said no, no, here no. Uh-huh. i mean first february home ministry says from first february so they couldn't have just slipped uh-huh. by march 9th uh, i mean they should have widely gone through i'm saying though. some of these people could have been here for like before that for a the month foreign travelers yeah because they don't like i said they don't just come for this event This is just one event. They have these events all through the year, so they just come. Okay. But these guys did come for this event. Okay, considering okay. some of them might have slept. Yeah, that's true. Okay, even if they might have come earlier. Okay, then the cases, as far as Andaman, Nikuba, again is is tracing back to Jamaat. So those cases were reported sometime uh, around uh, March, uh, you know, eighteenth, March seventh. So, but nobody was able to. So nobody. Connect, connected the dots, you know. I mean, uh, the cases in Andaman, Telangana, even in Uttarakhand. Okay, nobody connected the dots. No state tried to trace it back to Nizamuddin. So, so suddenly it just exploded. Okay, so here's my question, sir. And we were discussing before we started recording right now that how many tests have been done in India so far? Because I mean, my thing is that. people are there was this one uh, lady uh, she also tweeted and then of course she got into a twitter scrap with someone twitter is the last place that one should actually go to but today there is no other option because newspapers don't come and twitter has become a huge source of information mm-hmm. all you get a lot of good so- information there as well she said that i'm just going by the data johns hopkins data are you questioning johns hopkins data abhi johns hopkins data is picking up sarkar ka data na johns hopkins ke thode researcher yahan test kar rahe hain so, so been... i think there is you know th- some apologists for the state I mean, they are smart people. They are scientists. They are intelligent people. But you know, the kind of half truths that they say is really worrying. My question is, how many tests have been done so far in India? And how many are being done every day? About forty-five thousand. Hmm, forty-seven. So that is out of which about twenty, twenty-five thousand has been done in the last like five, eight days. That yeah. means till then about twenty thousand tests were done in all of India. Yeah. Now, like, what the fuck do you know from that? Yeah. Like seriously, I mean, our numbers are not low because we potentially have low numbers. I mean, I'm not saying it's one way or the other. but it's like saying that i mean 
the people who laugh at you know tavleen singh saying that i spoke to my household help and i spoke to my driver and he says this therefore the world thinks this that's a dumb way of going by it. but then how is our testing mechanism any different from tavleen talking to her driver and cook and telling us what the world thinks i like dania also said there's this cluster she was talking about which don't have any contact which means it's community transmission the government is still insisting that there's no community transmission at all in india which is i mean if and- the Yeah sorry one thing i want to add here see 47951 samples were tested is what the icmr and the ministry said yesterday okay now if you look at the numbers kerala has tested out of this 8000 samples karnataka i think has reached 4000 maharashtra is around 7 to 8000 rajasthan is 6000 so only 5 to 6 states maharashtra constitute a huge number maharashtra is 12000 plus Ha, so ah. Maharashtra has increased exponentially in the last two three days because I think on twenty eighth or twenty ninth Maharashtra was still at six thousand. So they have ramped up their testing. So this forty seven thousand that we are talking about for the entire country, it's only a few states where the testing has really gone up. Yeah, and those are the states where the cases also have gone up. Obviously, so when we say the forty seven thousand, it's not a number for the whole country. I feel it's just for a few states where more testing is being conducted. See, it's happening because. i don't think there is much problem with the test kits they have the test kits as uh, we discussed the other day yes with each test kit you can conduct 100 tests yeah, right per kit can per conduct kit. 100 so if each state is getting 25 kits so they can conduct 2500 every day per day but they are not but they're not doing they're it. not doing it because of you. the the rules uh, you know set up by the central government that uh, either you have come from abroad mm. so they are not lenient about it and it's it's not just coming from abroad is not enough you have to have come from abroad have to have demonstrated s- symptoms yes. only then and yes. or you should have had contact with somebody who's tested positive okay i tell you two or, or you should be what's the singer's name again karnika kapoor then you'll get five tests <laughs> she's already been tested five times see there are 2 2 lakh 19000 uh, around uh, this many uh, you know travelers are under surveillance right now even among them the tests conducted so far are 16000 Uh, which is yeah. part of this 45 47000 of them have been tested so far and, and i think they are under surveillance when we look at the data we should also understand that the central government has been completely uh, opaque with the numbers they have told icmr to stop giving out data and uh, they do not entertain any questions in press conferences there are these numbers are thanks to some states who are being transparent with the data like maharashtra has been you know there are daily briefings where they're telling you okay today recovered these many tested these many uh, deaths you know these many deaths not every state is doing that you don't up to we are not hearing anything yeah, so madhya pradesh you, we're not hearing anything i'll just anything. give you context and then we can maybe discuss it a little bit icmr is the indian council for medical research uh, it is the government body that puts out the data of what is happening all over and i guess all the states are supposed to feed into that that is you know the node for the data uh, there was a press conference yesterday by the health secretary where they said we will take questions only from doordarshan and ani that is what anub huyan who is the wire reporter had 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 tweeted out she is no longer with the wire though i think uh-huh. she is independent okay. no 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 she is uh, with she... the india spin okay within so uh, now what i want to know is that is that right is is no one is allowed to ask questions or they will not take questions from anyone other than doordarshan and ani no two days ago they were taking questions this is recent they're this taking was yesterday questions yesterday. but they're not answering them is the problem even when you okay. ask them direct questions they give you like golmatol ka answer and now and in the same context uh, so if you could just uh, uh, tell us our audience and also enlighten me 
what exactly did the central government ask for in the supreme court yesterday they had gone to the supreme court and supreme court is only hearing urgent matters so this clearly was an urgent matter and they wanted the media to stop reporting on covid what, what did they want and what did the supreme court grant no the supreme court i think had taken a sumoto note of uh, you know the movement of migrants okay so the center went to the supreme court so so, so so supreme court said that how the hell are you uh, how how these people are out okay. i mean so much so many in number so the the center is saying that the panic is created by the media by mm. the media i see ha huh, so since we have created the panic so that is why people have come out in uh, you know large number Achy. and they are they have gathered so so the supreme court uh, so so they the center wanted that uh, media be restrained uh, because this panic will really uh, harm uh, you know us in this uh, time of corona okay okay now now what happens that uh, the supreme court said ki we cannot touch article 14 so discussion on pandemic will continue but yes we uh, direct the media to carry the government version and second thing they we expect that the media should not spread the panic now this they expect that media should not spread the panic now this can be interpreted by center you know in a very very different manner so they may they may register an fir against you against the media group that on they ground that you're, you're spreading so they've left it vague like left most vague. indian extra- instructions that, that is the only vague thing that they the beauty done. of indian instructions is we've discussed so often they're always vague right from your grandmother to your mother to your boss to the government to the supreme court now sorry maharaj please come in and after that nisha come in now that is the context of the government saying that bhai the screw up didn't happen because of us it happened because of the media also um this order that came out yesterday of the supreme court i have seen many people are interpreting it in very different ways so i'm just glad that at least now there's some clarity on what you can and cannot do However, that doesn't insulate us because there has been an FIR apparently against. Yeah, yeah Mehraj, go ahead. But, But that's that, by a private individual. So one, the first problem with this is the Supreme Court actually agreed with the reasoning of the center that the this was the migration happened because of the panic and fake news, not because the lockdown was unplanned, not because the government didn't step up, they didn't even maybe think about these people, but because it was uh, this thing, which shows like the absolute disconnect every single institution in this country has with the. reality of the large majority of this country's people another thing is they said you go by governments whatever records and numbers and everything and now on the other side you have this problem where the government is not telling you anything everywhere in the world right now everybody is like in say for example in the us they're going by the numbers given by the cdc there's at least some transparency there they're going by the numbers given by the who at least you can hold them accountable you can ask them or they give you numbers you can ask them where they came from in india you can't do that because they're not giving you anything i mean if you look at the website of the health ministry even right now it has like old data it still says uh, 1700 odd numbers there so what are you, what are you going to do you, are you not supposed to write if you if you're reporting that then you're basically lying to your readers and your viewers right so i do agree to one part of it that it is true that the media has spread panic and but this is precisely the media that is modi's media so just to give you an example for example with cases being detected with the tablighi now for two days straight if you're going to run hashtags like corona jihad or you're going to say ye criminal logo ne kya kar diya or a lot of media and this is not Bio just mainstream bio warfare kunal majumdar is saying this is bi- this is jihadi biological yeah. warfare <laughs> 
anything so, pro anything pro government panic is no pa- not panic no 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 wait <laughs> let me come yeah so and the, and so, then uh, or uh, you've not just big media you've also had this in smaller places like in punjab where a newspaper named and shamed a guy put up pictures addresses the guy had to announce from a gurdwara and say no i don't have covid so if you're going to treat uh, people who've been tested positive as you know suspects and criminals you're not going to have people come forward and you know talk about the fact that they you know they want to be tested or whatever so i do think that they have spread panic but those are channels like republic z that modi could very well call up and say boss stop doing this mm-hmm. at least for this period instead of meeting like people and saying oh be positive spread positivity he can crack down on these friendly channels and tell them stop stop demonizing people so that because we right now need people to come forward and come forward for testing if you're going to you know put this big kalank on them they're not going to do it and uh, so so i the problem is that and the second thing is with the press um, with the press conference where they're not giving uh, data the if you read if you've been listening to the who if you've learned anything from history you know spanish flu and stuff like that at a time like this the more transparent you are with people the more it will help you you should not try and sugarcoat stuff the media should be telling people how dangerous it is instead of downplaying it there should be because i think what also happens is when you realize that oh the death is not as much as italy or oh this is not spreading so much in india you become lax Hmm. Now is the time where they should be very transparent with numbers and say, "Look, there's so many people in your cities who have it." Yeah, and if you become lax, then you could become lax. You get it? I've punned on the word lax by saying the numbers of will go up. I'm explaining my joke because I have very people who don't appreciate my humor around the table. Anyway, and this one thing I wanted to add on the uh, testing, I, I have over the past one week come to support the conservative testing regime that we have right now. I think because a because of our sheer population and secondly I think even in the west the UK US now doctors are not entertaining you unless until you're you need the ventilator you're dying a lot of people yeah, are doctors home. may not be entertaining you but I just read this piece in the time magazine sorry have I got you short no too? yeah so I just think that right now it's fine to test people who you are certain could have it rather than wasting it on every neighborhood just going around testing randomly okay now i don't think that's wasting I, 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 there's this piece in the time magazine which is talks about how is germany's fatality rate so low their fatality rate is 0.9% as opposed to italy Spain which was in like 9% or it's even touching 10%, 10%. a it is because they're testing a lot more people so they are testing people even if it is not within those strict parameters did you travel overseas have you because of that a it also gives scientists and assuming that we have scientists here who are working on stuff it gives scientists a way to figure out who are the ones who are protected it gives them scenarios why are these guys not reacting and those reacting so in fact if you do more testing it helps not just in a way to figure out what is the real numbers who needs to be quarantined it could also help in actually creating a cure or at least a stopgap arrangement like i have a friend uh she she's more like a sister she works in a hospital in new york and she had posted of course for her new york people that if you have xyz or if you have recovered from this please come and give plasma what they're trying there is and any you know doctors who are listening yeah. to this correct me if i'm wrong but what i understood was that people who have recovered they're taking the plasma because unki antibodies ban gayi people yeah. who didn't go into like up shit creek you know who casually recovered their body fought back unka plasma dal ke wo dusron mein dal rahe hmm. now this they started doing 10 days ago I don't know if India is still thinking of it or not thinking of it. Our blood banks are angry. What I'm saying is that what are the solutions we're coming up with? Saying that you know, dig your head into the sand, and I think uh, Satish Acharya had come up with that brilliant uh, cartoon where Modi is with his head in the sand and 
all the labor you know walking over him like ants and uh, he's saying that's my solution that's no solution the one solution that states seem to be coming up with in dhanya i mean no more about this but kerala i think wants to do blood tests to check covid i think that is one thing the icmr has said that we don't want that to happen but i think this i think kerala wants to still go ahead with it dhanya is that true actually it was karnataka that announced it first hmm. karnataka has in fact placed the order from a singapore company kerala announced it next but kerala still doesn't know how to order this uh, I, i don't think they figured it out yet uh, but icmr is saying that the serology test should only be done to find out the viral loads and they don't want states to use the rapid test because the rapid tests are not for finding if someone has covid-19 it's for finding viral load and then basically you do a test again to find covid-19 hmm. so icmr is saying no so what is uh, the viral kerala load karnataka has what is viral load no kerala no basically it is check antibodies and all that so if it can't rule out a negative case but it can give you a hint about a positive yeah. case it will basically identify disease fighting antibodies in the blood so if you have a lot of that it means you're possibly fighting a virus your body is so if you have that load which could be covid think, 19 yeah, so then they do a test for that so then you eliminate basically Got it. some people so kerala and karnataka are saying they're going to uh, do this but icmr is saying no you cannot now my other problem which uh, someone else in the panel can perhaps answer does icmr really have any legal right to tell states what to do and what not to do Yeah, yeah so um i in fact discussed with raman sir the other day cuz uh, i know that you know a couple of states had wanted to import some test kits from korea and the home ministry said no uh, so i was asking raman sir that how can they say no so i guess any import that comes has to come through the central government if they say no then you can't import those kits is yeah, that right that is right no not about import can i you can't do rapid testing yeah, because there are companies in india which make it No, ICMR is the uh, research, uh, you know, central institute, body, but it's it's a central body. It's a nodal agency to coordinate, uh, you know, such pandemics. And the center has invoked a law, P- epidemics act. Uh, yeah, whatever epidemic or uh. pandemic act, which makes it mandatory for whatever response related to this. It has to go through the center. I know that that they did like I think ten days ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so they for- have a legal, uh, you know, jurisdiction in determining. anything related to this i guess see i, I no, tell you what like in delhi if whenever we have this infectious disease so all wherever the cases come to uh, say the private uh, hospitals and all so we have id hospital here infectious disease hospital each private hospital has to coordinate through this id right. so similarly in this case in corona case So at, so at, at the national, national level, level you have ICMR. No, there's a practical no. reason for this also. So the idea is that you have to have standardized tests throughout. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, some tests will give you a different kind of a data. Other tests will give you a different kind of data. That's a problem. But the bigger problem with India's testing strat- strategy right now is the, as per the like figures we have, it's not yet at the level of Italy or US. When you reach that level, you can only test people. who come to you who are like really in a bad shape because you can't uh, uh, get to everybody else but right now when you don't have that problem testing should be done to get a measure of the extent of the problem if you don't have that you're not going to prepare for when god forbid it goes to the level of italy or us then you can't do it that's not the time to do these things so you have this data you you find out where the people are which uh, states or which places are worst affected and then target those places if you are waiting for it to blow up and then start testing that's like a futile exercise i suppose right so um i just had a couple of announcements to make before we continue with this discussion uh, one is that uh, 
in these depressing times where most of our podcasts are to do with depressing news we have started a slightly uplifting podcast when you're stuck at home uh, you can travel the country uh, with rocky mayur prashant and me rocky and mayur prashant and me made a show uh, called highway my plate we made a show called vital stats of india we made a show called jai hind so we made several shows we made a show called food adventures with rocky and mayur so over about 8 10 years we traveled the country by road exploring various various aspects so we're going to be taking you guys on a road trip sitting in our homes uh, the record the audio quality of that show may not be as good as this because this show we record from office with all of us together that we record cuz everyone's in different parts uh, so do check it out uh, the second episode should be out this week we will bring you one state every week we will take you to one state and tell you what it's like there what the food is like what you should see what a road journey there is like so check it out you will like it and if you want to be a part of the newsletter you listen to that podcast and you know the email id we give you you write into us and we'll give you a newsletter which gives you little anecdotes and trivia of what we speak about and also photographs of our adventures and journeys across india over 10 years secondly our news laundry sena project which is the central vista project we have discussed it several times i still don't understand when they're saying there's just no money anywhere they will still go ahead with the 22000 central vista project Hamida will be doing she's already started a detailed report on this this report has many angles the ecological angle the economic angle the architectural angle the logistical and the governance angle of redoing this entire chunk of delhi where all the government offices are so go to newslawney.com click on the top right hand corner where it says subscribe and you can pay directly into this project or you can subscribe to us for as little as 300 rupees a month and why i tell you it's very important to subscribe to independent media outfits during these days is because over the next year or two there's going to be an economic shit storm that is not being discussed here in india yet uh, it is being discussed in the us a lot because the likelihood of it pulling you know millions and millions of people into poverty is huge it will have an economic impact that could sink many large corporations and since ad funded news depends on large corporations they only have government ads to survive on and that makes it very hard for legacy and big media to survive when they're only going to be taking money from the government so unless you step up not only could this be a medical emergency and economic emergency over the next year and a half it could also be a free press catastrophe and think about it so therefore i urge you support independent media pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers served now coming to uh, solutions have anyone here anyone on the panel seen any good news related to covid i mean other than that aqi is better and dolphins are spotted in mumbai but are we getting closer to anything i mean i had a fantastic podcast you can check that out with two researchers one of them is a former doctor medical practitioner who's doing a post doctorate research at on uh, infectious diseases uh, in at harvard and the other guy uh, bhargav uh, he is from the public health foundation of india he is doing a doctorate there also in public health it is a very informed discussion i came out enriched and one thing i'd like to tell you take away from that is barkha did this interview and karan thapar of this guy saying that this is model that predicts 2 million or 5 million deaths hmm. these two researchers said that you know in india the entire discussion becomes about 2 million marenge 4 million marenge says these models are similar to the models when you're doing a stock indice so you saying okay if this is how the industry goes this is what happens the world over trends this stock will hit this hmm. that doesn't mean every stock broker says sala i didn't touch 100 dollars tune tumhara chutiya kaat diya no 
what it says is that this is what is happening in the industry so this is what we need to do to adjust so such models and projects or the papers that come out we should not be focusing on that this paper predicts 2 million deaths this paper predicts 10 million no that is the purpose is it is drawing a scenario and what you should take away from that is what we will need to fix and what we will need to do to make sure the numbers come down what the numbers are is actually irrelevant but in india the other thing happens the numbers become the headline no one sees anything else not just with this with everything you take the budget you take anything it's always about this like one big number and the rest you forget so one good news that i read and of course huge caveat we still need to do a lot of testing to really ascertain this but apparently we as in us in the new delhi lab no so oh, i thought uh, i like yes. tony stark i said okay. i should do i need to get my lab ready for such a random joke <laughs> Aha uh-huh. so now you made me lose my train of thought no so um, india has been vaccinating kids with bcg which is a vaccine against tuberculosis since 1949 and there's some uh, people who are saying that because we have been vaccinated against tb the spread of covid or covid taking over our body has been contained so that vaccine is kind of helping us But right now tb this is, is caused by a bacterium right and yeah. this is a virus But apparently so this vaccine okay. is kind of uh, okay so that's one theory okay that so that that only yeah. would help indians who've been vaccinated it should help everyone across the and they are also trying to use this vaccination to see whether there's going to be a cure or not but one of the theories for why the spread is not so brutal in india is because a lot of us have been vaccinated with bcg one any, of the theories any other good news you've testing. heard that that we should be optimistic about dhanya or all the reporting and research you've done on this I think um I mean what Nisha said of course is one good news if it's true the other thing is uh, most of the states are ramping up hospital facilities which I think is good like uh, most of the states have even told private hospitals that if the need comes we will take over your hospitals ventilator beds are being increased icu uh, beds are being increased so that way we are preparing in case you know more people get affected and there are there are more people getting going get pneumonia i think the states are preparing for a scenario two weeks later which is very good because hardly we have forward planning like that right anyone else sir have you you have any good news to share with us no not really i mean accepting the fact that the community has really reacted very well yeah so there are lots of people uh, out to help lots of ngos so they have uh, you know, they have moved on their own okay now two things one is the who is being targeted and you know various people have done various pieces on that my view also changed on the who after my podcast experience with asif and bhargav which is on newsland.com you can check it out they said that who is not some investigative agency it is like a club so if we are five members of the club whatever we tell them is what they have they haven't sent an independent team to china to check me kya ho raha hai so it is like a node which takes information from all countries and then shares it with everybody so if china told them ki ye halat hain so they will tell the world ye halat hain they are not going to send an independent agency to investigate so a the attack on the who they saying are misplaced now one is what i have been told and i have tried reading about this i, I didn't see any article that specifically said so but beijing and shanghai the outbreak isn't that much considering it there's such crowded metros so clearly china knew beforehand this is being inferred that if it didn't spread so rapidly into their metros from one it's not possible that more people from one are traveling to china uh, to italy and germany and uk and less to beijing and so clearly they somehow managed the funnel the traffic from one to their own metros but did not control it going overseas so they knew about it well before they told the world i think there is enough evidence 
Yeah, that's now it's established. I mean, they didn't really tell the world until like Wuhan was but they, but they put on lockdown. But they protected their own cities. Of course. Yeah. I mean, so, they, they work like like that. I mean, no, they clandestinely. Yeah, no. Now, secondly, now that they have let these wet markets open, is it possible that they know that this is not what caused it? I mean, I, I hate to be a conspiracy mm. theorist, but if China even has, I mean, let's assume they're not complete idiots. If they were sure, they know more about this disease than any of us or any other part of the world. If they knew that the wet markets are the cause, I mean, it's not like they have to, you know, pander to any, you know, middle class or this class that they want to eat their bats and pangolin. I mean, China doesn't give a fuck about anybody. If that was the cause, would they allow them to open again? But isn't so much a, I mean, isn't so much the market is the problem. The problem is that it happened in some certain conditions, unsanitary conditions. I mean, you have like a swine flu. That doesn't mean you close off all pig markets, right? Or you have bird flu. You don't close off all bird markets. But no, here the markets were a problem because what I, what was happening was that they were getting wildlife, uh, wild animals for trade and slaughtering them. And if you slaughter them, there's live yeah, There's that's what a I'm very easy chance of the virus jumping from one animal to the other to then humans. So it's how the markets were conducted. That's yeah. what I'm saying. In in their own, like, on but their own, they're not a problem. So I we said. need to check this. Uh, last I, I, I don't checked. know if that, what the news is about. Because the other report I read some days ago was they were really regulating those markets. Uh, what, what we need to check is, so wet markets are fine. Wet markets are basically markets where you're slaughtering live. So you slaughter a chicken live, you slaughter a goat live. You're basically slaughtering hmm. live. What shouldn't happen in a wet market is wild animals being slaughtered live. So right. now what I read last week ago that China has banned wildlife trade. So which means these wet markets will not have wild animals and should not have pangolins. But they still have pangol- have- yeah, so they have pangolins and bats. Which need are the to main check problem. that. And that I'm not sure I of. I mean, the, everything coming out of China right now is like you can't really believe yeah, so anything because it's a black whether hole. Whether these have- wet markets have been regulated and whether wildlife has stopped entering these markets for consumption. That right. needs to They've be. They've shut out a lot of media also. So, yeah. I mean. so I had a couple of emails to read out from our subscribers. I just read a couple of those and then we'll get back to um, any other aspects that you guys want to discuss. I'd like to discuss some prisoners not being granted bail at times like this. And um, I think that's a dangerous thing actually to do as in not give them bail. Uh, yeah, because the, New York is struggling with the Rikers Island right now. And even here, they actually, I forget which jail, but they let a few thousand people go on bail because of no, this. But we should find if uh, the owners of uh, Supertech and uh, Amrapali, if they have been given bail. Well, uh, this guy hasn't. The Yes Bank dude, Rana Kapoor, he was scared of getting this thing. He's in prison, I'll get it. But, uh, okay, a couple of letters. This letter is from Mahendra Verma. Mahendra says, hello, I can't help but point out Abhinandan's comment in Hafta 269 that COVID-19 is a strain of the coronavirus. That's incorrect. COVID-19 is a name given to the disease. So it's not the name of the virus. It is a coronavirus, but the virus is not COVID-19. That's what you said last time. No, no, no. COVID-19 is the disease. The scientific name of the virus is coronavirus is a family of viruses. Novel coronavirus because it's a new one. Right. The scientific name is SARS-CoV-2. Okay, so I called the disease the virus. So the virus has a different name, the disease has a different oh, okay. name. Thanks, Mahendra, for clarifying that. Appreciate it. Now, Shashwati is a non-subscriber, but has sent us a mail. Now, because we are in SARS season and any you know view on that could enrich the conversation, I will read it. But normally, we don't read non-subscribers' mails. So, Shashwati, can I please urge you and nudge you to subscribe and pay to keep news free? So, hello, News Laundry Hafta team. I'll make this short. I'm sick of everyone just take, talking of Singapore and sometimes South Korea as being great examples of containing coronavirus. Nobody talks about Taiwan, which first noticed something was wrong and warned 
WHO only to be ignored. They have done a stellar job. Only 50 cases to begin with and as of today, 298 with two deaths. And she's given us a link to cdc.gov.tw slash en. How have they managed it? The biggest reason is that they are a robust democracy. Unlike China, whose government suppresses information about the virus and even now, you can't really believe the numbers. There are other reasons, of course, like how the government is run by competent people. The president has a PhD from LSE and her VP is an epidemiologist who has handled the SARS epidemic. And they have a minister for digital affairs, Audrey Tang, who is very accomplished and incidentally the first trans woman to have a ministerial position anywhere in the world. Wow, okay. All this to say that this is how they roll. Despite not being as rich as the USA or UK, so of course they have done a better job than them. I lived between Taiwan and India and I can see how differently both the countries have handled the pandemic. You all have said everything there is to say about the incompetence and venality of the powers that be in India, but I hope you will do a piece comparing the two countries. We have much to learn from this scrappy little nation adrift in the Pacific. So please stop looking to Singapore like every other NRI Uncle G who just <laughs> loves authoritarianism because that is of course what we need. What they call, quaintly call discipline. Someone I think it was Raman sir said something to that effect. Though much more nuanced because well it's Raman sir. No Indians don't need discipline. They need a functioning government. Basically if you treat people like shit they behave like it. True. Absolutely. Couldn't agree a, more, yeah. You know, Shashwati, can you please write a piece? I promise our desk will fix it. If you're not confident about your reporting, we will check fact checks. We will, you know, see where you have cited that information. Mehraj is one of the finest deskies in the country and we are fortunate to have him in the News Laundry studio. Why don't you send us a piece? Send it on contact at newslaundry.com. Also mark it to me at abhinandansekri at gmail.com. I repeat, abhinandansekri at gmail.com. And let's do a comparison of how Taiwan handled it mm. and how Singapore handled it and how India's handled it. Because uh, I think this point you've made of authoritarianism being mm. seen as an efficient kind of, uh, you know, hack, it needs to be dispelled. Yeah, absolutely. No, also, and, in Taiwan's case, I mean, uh, because there's this whole political thing with China and everything, even the WHO has treated them shabbily. They aren't recognizing what they have done. Acknowledging yeah, one of the criticisms for WHO no. was that Taiwan had warned them that there was human-to-human transmission, they didn't take it seriously. And uh, one of the recent uh, interviews, actually, somebody was a journalist, Japanese journalist, I think, was interviewing a WHO official who hung up when she asked about no, Taiwan. Taiwan yes. is one that every channel, every country is talking to. Uh, I've seen it on BBC, I've seen it on ABC, uh, I've seen it on CNN. So everybody is talking about their experience. You know, how did they control it? And how fast they started. They start, and they, by the way, they did not close. Uh, they did not have any lockdown. Taiwan is one example that every country is uh, you know, talking about these days. So I have seen all these news channels, BBC, ABC, CNN. So everybody has spoken to them. That is how I came to know about it. And then I started reading about it. The only quibble I have with this mail is this idea that you have to have these like very qualified people in positions of authority, an epidemiologist or a very learned person to run a country efficiently. That's not at all the case. I mean, you can have a very ordinary, not very educated in the formal sense of the word person, but people who are leaders, they surround themselves with people who know their stuff and let them do this stuff. Unlike in this country where even a pandemic is basically a PR exercise for Modi ji. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. So at least somebody was asking this, who is like the Indian equivalent of Dr. Foshi? Or like who's the one doctor scientist? 
that national figure i'm no, not we are good people we have dr somya who used to be icm director earlier she is with the un right now and uh, we have many no but i think the, the thing is that the voices you're talking about manisha they are not like voices by themselves i mean they don't have their own network these voices become relevant because they are given a you know space they're given a, a megaphone by legacy media mainstream media to speak here if you have someone on the show in the most watched channels or the largest news networks who wants to say that what nonsense is this they will not get that space if you have a doctor like you know who owns let's say hospitals and chains here who wants to say that this government is very full of shit that doctor is going to get a notice the next day that you know to seal your hospital or to some shit or the other so this is i mean the same logic that applies to the business captains of industry which was the famous term that manmohan singh used to keep talking about the reason captains of industry don't say anything about the government's fuck all economic handling other than when the cameras are not rolling is the same reason doctors will not say anything about the government's handling when the cameras are not rolling so that's a crisis of leadership not a crisis of expertise mm-hmm. there's plenty of expertise around but it's just like they're not being used uh, are there any contrarian voices in the south that you think that can speak up No, I don't think anyone's really speaking now. I haven't seen anyone questioning. Um, I mean, um, what the government is doing. Everyone's sort of now trying to be non-controversial, just saying ramp up testing. But other than that, I have not seen any worthwhile uh, uh, contradiction or worthwhile, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, stuff coming from any interviews that I've read. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of emphasis in the media also. Okay, be negativity spread mat karo. Let's be positive. No, I, I <laughs> this is saying, the worst so. Indian trait ever. Anything ever happens, don't spread negativity, which is basically a code word. Don't criticize. So, but I'm saying, if you want to say something, then it's done. It's been a week, ten days. Now you got to question it, na? Because that is how you make things better. I mean, you can say when the shit hits the fan, we can give them a while to recover. But if you can't recover and have a plan in ten days, then dude, uh, fuck that. Man. And there, and well, some doctors have like the Jammu doctor who was transferred. Who made yeah. a noise about equipment? Uh, yeah, and then uh, yesterday there was a notice uh, of doctors and nurses resigning in one of the hospitals. Yes, that I saw. In fact, that yeah. is discussed today, and they don't want to because they don't have you know what the kits that they need. Yeah, and, and they've been and sent I a notice, but how? Can, yeah, but mean, how can you force someone to work if I don't want to work? Yeah. What do you? I mean, unless it's a sarkari job, because technically, even uh, like you know, when Kejriwal had quit IRS. they don't accept your resignation for like 8 years like the forge you can't just quit the forge then you will be called a deserter and you can be like legal action can be taken you can be imprisoned similarly you can't just quit the government like the is officer you kanan gopinath he said the same thing he he, the same they thing. haven't accepted his resignation yet he is technically still employed i mean he doesn't get the salary but he's employed so um i have another mail uh, by the way shashwati please do mail us yeah okay ayush ayangar says Hi I want to write in to vehemently rebut the point made in one of the letters in the previous hafta. I don't think that if you move away from a country that you stop contributing to the media. I have moved away from India and I'm currently in the US but I feel it is imperative to support any and all true information gatherers in a day 
and age, or as you would say, pay to keep news free. Especially in India, where democracy itself is threatened by lack of information and deliberate propaganda by mainstream media houses, which have systematically brainwashed people. This leads me to lament on the atomized nature of our society where we construct borders around us at different levels of religion, state, nation, continent, even species. All of this only helps fuel our apathy to others, other beings and creatures. So I think we should contribute to any and all free media and also to any causes around the world and across species, wherever it is most required. This apathy, I think, has also led to the COVID crisis where humans have no bounds to their consumption. The hoarding did not begin now after the virus, but we have hoarded resources forever indiscriminately. In reply to your question about an NGO, when to bring it up, I guess the answer is always. The kind of draconian measures taken against NGOs and civil rights activists, in my opinion, is unprecedented and completely undemocratic. Also, a request from you to share links by NGOs or other organizations for contributing to daily wage laborers and others in need in India during this crisis, as I think India is horribly underprepared and is going to be hit bad. I do not want to contribute to the PM Relief Fund as I think the Indian government is not an entity I would be able to trust. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Thank you and keep up the great work. Ayush, I'm not going to tell you whether you're wrong or right, but yeah, I don't contribute to that fund either. But just to let you know, me and a few of our friends, what we're doing is, I mean, and I request you can do whatever you can do in your city. So I can only tell you about Delhi. We've tied up with a friend of mine who runs an NGO called Uday Foundation. And, uh, you know, Majpur, which is where the riots happened, there were families that did not have any um, uh, rations and they had no food. So they were literally starving. So we've got together and we're creating packets with oil, basic rations and sending it. So you can Google Uday Foundation. You can even give it to them directly. And if you guys want to contribute and they're particular pockets, you can mail me abhinandansekri at gmail.com and I will tell you the areas that require assistance and I mean, I will tie up with the guys who are providing these ration shops you can, each of these packets cost 550 bucks, you can you know, sponsor maybe 50 packets, 10 packets 20 packets and I can tell you which are the areas that are running out of food, uh, they I mean they started, I have a couple of friends who play golf, so even the, in their privileged kuch to akalai, their caddies called them. Because no golf has happened for two weeks. So, sir, we don't have money. Because caddies So rather than say, fuck off, all these golfers got together and said, okay, where are all of your families? And they have sent them 200 packets. So, Till golf restarts, we will make sure you guys don't run out of food. So because all the golf clubs are closed. So uh, mail me at abhinandansekri at gmail.com. I can at least tell you where you can contribute in Delhi. Um, Oday Foundation is doing fantastic work they are feeding people even under the flyovers um, but in other cities Dhanya could you tell us in your city which is the place that's doing some great work and they can contribute there are lots of NGOs and groups which have come together I mean just, I, I don't want to name that one person but there are lots of local groups also let's remember there's because of lockdown people are not able to move uh, with supplies so if you want to contribute try to contribute to groups uh, which are within your locality itself. Like if you live in a specific area, try to give money to people who are organizing stuff in that area because most of them are finding it difficult to go to other areas of a city or a town. Uh, and there are lots of groups. In fact, startups have started, uh, resident welfare associations. There are small and big groups. If you take some effort, you can easily find a group which is uh, working near where you stay and then contribute. And I think within your own circle also you should try and help like person who comes to collect your waste, you know, maybe you could give him extra money this year, this month right. or or your house help or anyone within your circle who, you know, needs help. 
Yeah, but think we can also be sensitive towards that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one should do. But what I found is that people who are living in communities like the help where you know our colony, that community is taking care of them because it's not like if they run out of money today, even if you give them cash, what are they going to buy? You know, they're managing. But there are areas in Delhi where their entire communities don't have anything. You get what I'm saying? So if there is one person in, let's say, the R K Puram slum, or ten families don't have food. Sure, you know you can contribute, but it's very unlikely that they will be foodless because everybody around is taken care of. All of them are working for people in Anand Niketan or Vasanthiyar or wherever. But there are parts of Delhi where there are entire colonies that have nothing, and there are people in Delhi who have passes. So if you tie up with them, you can just get them to pick up fifty packets and drop it to you know wherever, and you can Google and check out which other places in your city. But I would yeah encourage you to try take care of people in your city. This is the one heartening thing to come out of this yeah. tragedy is that people have really stepped up. But it's also tragic that it shouldn't have to be done in the first place. Yeah, you should have a society. You should have a government where these things are taken care of, where nobody goes hungry, where nobody has to sleep on the road. And this is where you know we keep trashing both the extreme left and the so-called uneducated right wingers. Now I've become very intolerant of using that that term very discreetly overwhelming majority of them are illiterate buffoons they don't know conservatism if they fucking if it slapped them in the face they don't know fiscal prudence they don't even know what the fuck they stand for as long as you hate muslims you're right wing in our country um so you see how the us takes this shit really seriously that fuck if these people are going out of jobs if they have no money even the media NPR, CNN, you see the mainstream media how seriously they take families who can't pay rent, who can't and this becomes a big story that each of them flashes. I mean, even a man as insensitive and as dickish as Trump has to have he has had to retract his early utterances to make sure that dude, no one is going to die on my watch of hunger. And that is what an efficient system does it doesn't matter whether it is fucking communist or capitalist or chutiaist or whatever fuckist it is as long as it's efficient it works and in our country i'd rather be ideologically aligned than efficient meri ideology efficiency gayi bhad mein matlab yahi chutiya mentality le doobti hai hame sabhi inefficient hai left right center i mean at the basic level that's what a government is for If it doesn't do even these basic things, what the hell is it there for? I think Kerala is doing good on that front. It's got a lot of very good press, especially the health minister Dhania. How much of it, be honest? Uh, how much of it is actually, you know, because everybody else is Khattar and Yogi, that Kerala is outstanding, or is it genuinely really efficient in making sure that the shit doesn't quite hit the fan? No, I think they have been quite efficient when the first. Uh, Three students from Wuhan were tested positive, and the family. Uh, there's a family which came from Italy and didn't tell anyone, and they, and almost seven people got infected from them. So, so Kerala has had setbacks, but beyond all that, I think as a state they have come together quite well. Uh, and um, from the beginning, like for example, uh, from uh, home delivering midday meal supplies to giving ration at home. Cook packages at home, making sure people are in quarantine and they are uh, checked through mobile phones, etc. So most of the things uh, of how other states are monitoring started from Kerala, which is why Telangana and other states have sent delegations to Kerala to understand uh, how they are actually combating the disease. The fact that the numbers have gone up in Kerala, obviously, because they have too many Dubai returns, 
and too many people from the uae seem to have brought the virus back to india and they are doing more testing so i don't think this whole argument that oh kerala is not doing well considering their numbers are high that's not true their numbers are high because they are testing people more and they have lot of uae returns uh, but as far as measures are concerned i think they have done really well and the health minister her team see even the chief minister every day he has a press meet at 6 o'clock in which uh, he uh, allows uh, he answers all the questions and he gives an entire like it's not just the numbers he tells exactly what is happening in the state and this press conference has been happening for almost 10 15 days now either the health minister or the chief minister comes so there is transparency i think more than anything it's transparency that is working in kerala's favor telangana so many other states give no information practically no information we don't even know who's dead in telangana they're just saying nine people dead we don't know what age uh, bracket where they died nothing absolutely no information so like uh, danya spoke about this midday meal it has gone out of the window in delhi there is no midday meal in up there is no midday meal where is midday meal now these children are not getting any food and there are so many children who depend so on that children are depending who go to they go to the school only for the midday meal so the midday meal is not happening in the north what was uh, really uh, like oh, abhinandan was talking about efficiency so some days ago the chief minister kerala chief minister he announced that they'll set up kitchens community kitchens too and the next day they were up and running very next yes. day and there were pictures of very clean people in clean kitchens with people in like protective gear and every everything I mean that that is efficiency. That is what you need the government for. Well, also, the Delhi Chief Minister has announced that uh, they'll triple the scale of ongoing food distribution program, which is meant to feed the poor people in the capital. I mean, I know for a fact. I mean, not plugging any any company or anything, but it is a fact, and I know that Zomato is doing a lot to, you know, create these food centers. I don't like calling them hunger centers, and I wish they'd stop calling them hunger centers. All over the uh, city, the, you know, excess food they. but the thing is in one of those 7000 people landed up and that led to that's a, a problem because yeah. people have no food but anyway delhi has said that they'll take this up and they'll feed 1.2 million poor uh, let's see how that goes uh, i have another email so these are two emails by an anonymous subscriber who doesn't want to be identified uh, so but this is what the subscriber says hi it's me again who begins each mail with a request to not be identified just a view on the rajpath development plan a large number of ministries and houses a house in the buildings which exist currently on the central vista these ministries have expanded in size and manpower since independence as the country's population has grown today these government employees find themselves extremely cramped for space within the colonial era buildings which are not efficient on use of space they also have huge maintenance and electricity bills due to retrofitting of acs for these colonial structures the requirement of redeveloping this entire area and constructing multi story office spaces which are efficient in use of space and greener in their usage of electricity has been a long standing one and has originated not from the elite but from low level working staff who want a better work environment for themselves the whole plan would also bring in jobs for construction workers hence i completely support this redevelopment plan as far as the criticism that the government is going ahead with the plan despite corona outbreak it's merely coincidental that the government notification for the vista redevelopment plan came out when the corona outbreak had occurred the process for the notification would have started many months back when no one had even heard of corona your criticism on the timing of the house on the notification may therefore not be justified hope your nlsena project looks at these aspects too in greater detail before coming to a simple conclusion that the entire plan is a sham addicted to hafta since 2017 
thanks and anonymous subscriber has also sent another mail multiple thoughts raised through my mind this week as i will listen to hafta have a comment on every aspect but i will restrict it to corona india response to the pandemic has been superlative and very efficient so far when the pandemic began the disease was restricted to the affluent classes who could afford air travel had the government not put in the measures it did it would have spread very fast to the from the classes to the masses and that's where the problem lies till date there seems to be no spread from foreign travelling businesses to his driver who could have taken it to his chawl in dharavi however the community spread can still happen and that's where the healthcare machinery is working overtime the aim is to prevent the spread of the community hence the lockdown and be prepared to handle it once it spreads i'm privy to a large number of measures that have already been put in place across the country to handle the crisis if widespread community spread does does take place there is no doubt that the worst is yet to come hopefully the time bomb of community spread we are sitting on will not explode it may have been a good thing for us that december jan feb was a lean period for indian air travelers owing to the closing of the academic session and exam season our natural immunity may also have contributed the hypothesis floating around that malaria endemicity has contributed to this immunity may not be far fetched world over no country saw this coming every country had to change their strategy as each day unfolded india too has had to change its strategy hence your criticism of the government on their handling i think is unfounded so let's hope we like god save this country and there are a few carriers in the sea of humanity that move out of the capital over the weekend into the hinterland so thank you anonymous person um, appreciate your contribution to the hafta appreciate our subscription on your how it was handled or not i still think that we don't have and i'll i'll you know make my case on that a little later but on your central vista plan i don't agree at all and i'll tell you why because a the notification need not have been prepared months in advance they have passed laws overnight in our country in fact this government a month ago depending on what they wanted to do so it was easily very easy to put this on hold it, it's not it's a fate to comply ki teer nikal gaya to nikal hi gaya if one has to generate you know a person called rudyan dravid who also happens to be my cousin had tweeted this out and i retweeted that he had said there is a twin way of ensuring that you have a you know injection or a stimulus stimulus to the economy while fighting this so you the delhi government and every government places in smes with strict norms masks face masks so you order 10 crore face mask every government orders 10 crore face masks okay you can the auto companies which right now all the factories are shut can actually rig their machinery to make respirators Uh, what do you call them Respe- ventilators ventilators they can be done of course there is some a- r&d involved but you fund that r&d the government says we will fund it put 7 lakh crores and he said you know each mask with whatever that full thing uska 50 rupees aata hai ventilator ka 14000 aata hai itta itta aata hai total agar pura sarkar jaye 7 lakh crore ka stimulus de sakti hai what does this do this beds ka order de do beds smes bana lenge ya okla okla mein jo iron ka kaam karte hain chote mote log सबको बोलो सौ सौ बेड लगाओ हर स्टेट में दो दो क्या कहते हैं स्टेडियम्स को आप वार्ड्स बना दो तो बेसिकली वार्ड्स में मेडिसिन से लेके बेड से लेके बेडशीट से लेके पेलो कवर से लेके इतनी चीज़ों की जरूरत पड़ेगी कि दैट शुड बी द स्टिमुलस ना कि आप यहाँ कंस्ट्रक्शन चालू कर दो नो आई अनदर लॉजिक डेट ही i know for a fact i know many people working in railways they have recently spent lakhs of rupees in 
you know having this rain harvesting system so they are not colonial buildings anymore so they they are already they made them efficient uh, you can make that that's a big that's what's happening in europe they have already made and they have spent lakhs of rupees on this uh, uh, in fact last year 2019 they have spent so much money on the rain harvesting the entire railway building <laughs> and for that matter uh, you know this uh, rail bhavan i am talking about vayu bhavan all of them are uh, having this rain harvesting system so they are not colonial buildings and and rail bhavan has 5000 odd employees more than 5000 employees i don't know what kind of system they are going I to i mean have. and i think if that is the i think if that is the reason for it there's a more efficient way to start which is all these ministers who live in latians you know make up a, a flat you know like there is an apartment complex for mps make one for that at least get you know remove 10 bungalows and make one building yes. and make those 10 do this in batches yes. of 10 10 ek sath ya 20000 kharch karke rajpath se leke wo karna chahte ho and agar space constraint hai aap in minister to chhodo yaar minister ka to sweet hota hai he has a room a large room then he has a meeting room many of them and i've been to their offices have a little bedroom inside for a siesta or whatever the fuck it is i don't know why they have that bedroom inside forget ministers chief secretary ka dekh lo additional secretary ka offices dekh lo एक एक ऑफिस में आप चार चार ऑफिस बना सकते हो अगर वो चाहे तो वो नहीं करना चाहते वो We go to Europe and we are always praising their buildings. You know how well restored everything is I'm from the war time. I'm only praising it because you get great stake over there. I don't give a fuck about no, it. No, but it does matter. I do think like also, a city has a heritage. Also, one thing which we often forget in uh, conversations like that, and which Alpana Kishorji she really pointed out well, is that these spaces belong to people. They don't mm. belong to this elite, these government ministers and everybody. They belong to people. If you are taking away, Delhi doesn't have any open space anymore. Not that many. All of them are being taken over. These ministers. are the places where people go yeah, to. Yeah, in the summer, like so. Many kids yeah. go there and families yeah, assemble. Packed, yeah. In fact, what you should do is, like you said, remove all these yeah, bungalows yeah. around that and make those also public e- spaces, parks, open yeah. spaces. Each, yeah. each minister's bungalow is spread in over twenty uh, acre of land. And in this day and age, why does this minister's office of necessarily have to be in that place? Yeah, in fact, many of the depending on which plot you get, it's between four to I think some seventeen, eighteen acres. I mean, maybe some are twenty acres. Of course, I'm sure the the top five are in that kind of space. but that is the kind of spread you have so of course you know i, I think you can completely but sir the point that our subscribers raised irrespective of my rant or manisha's rant or meraj's rant this aspect should be seen that what is the merit uh, you know of course but you know dear anonymous subscriber this really depends on the government wants to talk to you because if you say what is the rationale for this they have to be they have to want to tell you if they say fuck off we won't tell you then what the you know We can't imagine what the answer should be. That is, that's the problem with our government. Since I'm to talk, not getting cutty, okay? So, so, Arnab, say, talk. That's the problem we've been facing also. Like in our reporting, I mean, you talk to our government. I mean, you talk, you go to a bureaucrat. They won't talk because they're afraid of their political bosses. We political have, bosses won't talk. No, we have put in a request uh, to interview the uh, Urban Affairs Minister. We have also sent. Uh, they had asked for some questions, so we have sent about fifteen questions to them. and we are seeking uh, we are still wa- waiting for the reply so um so i think uh, well on that note we can wind up today's hafta 
um we haven't been able to discuss anything other than corona uh mehraj did tell us about what happened in kashmir it's open season on kashmir now basically yeah, i guess basically you do whatever you want and demographic change like which was the biggest worry about the people and that's now become reality i was in jammu when i was with indian express <laughs> so but you should it? have stayed you can just go down but if if, if um you know whenever this shit storm passes politically these kind of laws can really be used to um used politically in places like uttarakhand the northeast and all hill states because there i remember even when i used to live in dehradun just the pahadis that identity ki in domicile ka role tab bhi tha i think 200 squares zyada aap nahi khareed sakte the dehradun mein tab 500 back then okay. whatever 2006 se pehle ha ab nahi after 2006 it became uh, you can buy now 250 square meter haan, jo bhi matlab so it has so i think that is an insecurity that a lot of these guys but no political party kind of tends to use that politically yes. also to add insult to injury what they Stay did is away. of all the like state jobs everybody can like from anywhere can apply except for which you call level 4 jobs which are basically peons and those so kind of things that should be done by local kashmiris those are like reserved for kashmiris right wow okay on that note um, can we have the recommendations before we leave you with the hafta song of the week uh, dhanya can you give us your recommendation first recommendation for a kashmiri song sorry it could be a recommendation for an, as an article a tv show a news bulletin a film whatever something you think will enrich the life of our audience so there was this atlantic article on how will the corona virus end i really like that uh, but it's a it's a very us uh, specific article but it was uh, it was quite well written tv show i think people should start watching pakistani serials <laughs> आई वॉचिंग जिंदगी गुलजार है ऑल द फवाद खान दो उटर so uh, there is a bioterrorism reference in that movie too and it's it's really uh, 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 the way they trace patient zero uh, which was actually uh, taken from real life incidents in kerala it's a very nice movie to watch you should watch it. it's on the nipah virus basically how kerala when nice. kerala was okay. supposed to be very nice i've heard really imagine if nipah virus had been somewhere in like north india right What is your recommendation? My Manisha? recommendation is from um, the Economic Time, uh, the Economist magazine, Lockdown Love Stories: How to Date at a Distance. It's a really cute story about how people in Milan are dating. So, because most of these supermarkets have like long queues, uh, you know, and are long queues, so a lot of youngsters fix their dates on the queues and then get to know each other on queues. And yeah, it's just an interesting time for single people because how do you date? How do you meet people? So with Corona. <laughs> so people have to devise new ways. Hmm. So one is a piece by uh, Sagri Negi that we published yesterday. So it gives a 
an overview of what the latest research about corona what it has revealed what vaccines are in development what is the treatment protocol is there a treatment at all and there's a lot of if you are like scientifically inclined there are a bunch of links to papers and articles so you can read those and get a sense of where we are at fighting this crisis the other is a book i'm reading right now it's by michael sandel michael sandel is a professor at harvard he's one of the world's foremost philosophers right now so the book is called justice what's the right thing to do so for our times when we are watching all this misery and how the governments are reacting to the to this so it really gives you a perspective of where we have gone wrong and what should be done Rohan sir two things uh, one is uh, you know our own coverage news laundry coverage of uh, coronavirus our reporters are on the ground so please do read our stories uh we are putting up i think two to three stories a I day i think we are doing more work uh, now than we did before the yeah, oh. this thing started <laughs> okay and uh, second is if you really want to see the grandeur of uh, venice and uh, and uh, this uh, florence mm. so i'm watching one biographical uh, series uh, called medici uh, on oh, netflix oh yeah and the medici family uh, so it's a, it's a lovely serial so all right um so my recommendations are one is um, episode 987 the race to make ventilators on planet money it gives you an idea of how us that is going to become like the biggest case and the pace at which it's spreading um how they are kind of adjusting for that and how quickly stuff happens there when shit hits the fan which is why no matter how much i have cursed it in the past it is one of the most efficiently run countries and that is why they stay ahead of the game all the time <clears throat> the second thing is in the same sequence there is a podcast which is three ideas to fight the recession i i wish our policy makers listen to it and not just us but do put pressure because one thing that is not being discussed in india and i think it is a few people have minor discussions on it indian express has cut uh, you know top level salaries because it's not like it's going to hit them right now they've taken a 100% cut the editor in chief and which means like no salaries the for the person mr goyanka editor and, and the and the ceo no even others everybody is taking a cut yeah. except like the people with the very low salary but yeah otherwise they're so 20 and, 25 50 yeah. the different and if you look at the papers my god they are so thin yeah the papers now. are so thin I've no, never seen a newspaper so thin. This is you're, just you're still getting the paper. I'm getting. No, today content. I started getting it. My colleague, I think Italian Cleave is great. Like we let delivery people come in. We're getting newspapers. We're getting everyone. We're just a is nice it a colony. Is it gated colony? It's gated, but we're letting everyone enter. But like Sarvodia, which is bloody has hundred restrictions. No, even so. our our place. <clears throat> so um, now, I I think one thing we are underestimating is the shitstorm that is going to hit uh, the US. Several. podcast and you know articles have been written they are predicting it may hit the 20s it could reach the level of the great depression uh, joblessness in india it's going to be huge the impact is going to be significant i'm happy to say that there are many landlords who are talking to tenants <clears throat> i mean commercial establishments and saying okay we'll reduce it because they can see the shit coming because otherwise the person will go then you know 8 months from now place will be available for like half the price uh i think that is something that we i i would like to read more of that in indian desi papers yeah. if indian economists yeah. can write on that because i still don't think the regular man on the street or even the regular journalist is really aware of what is what is going to hit us uh, and they should be 
uh, especially because it's going to hit us all in in because policy making in this country is always ad hoc you just react to stuff you right. don't plan for it the third recommendation is bhargav had sent me this piece uh, the person i've done that podcast with uh, from harvard it's called statnews.com it is called navigating the covid-19 pandemic we're just clambering into a life raft dry land is far away so the writer mark lipsitch and jonathan grad uh, i guess they're scientists they are professor of epidemiology and director of the center for communicable disease dynamic at harvard chan school of public health and one of them is an assistant professor for immunology and infection disease what they say is that if we were to look at this whole thing as a ship going down right now we are just on a life raft and we've saved our life but that is not the long time solution that is just the that's better than jumping into the water you are in the middle of the ocean still yes you still have to get to land and we are still far from that and i think that is something we have to kind of internalize in our head right now we need to figure out how life is going to be from here on in india is already it's already i mean taking a toll people are dying of hunger literally so i mean these things are not in the future for maybe a certain section of the society it's in the future but mm. for the vast majority of it's this true. country it is happening right now we have taken delhi as a case study and we are doing a story on food security uh, uh, anumaya yadav is Fantastic. One more recommendation I wanted to add was actually please subscribe to the Indian Express and uh, check out their e-paper. The the whole staff has had to take a salary cut. I think it's one of the finest newspapers in India. I think they're always on top of the stories. Uh, they have great editorials. And also. they're fearless. Yeah. Relatively. I think so. I, they're I better think, than most, and I it's my so. former workplace. That's where and I learned everything. It's really sad that so, so many reporters, do. especially now, you know, you have so many of them covering migrant situation, going to hospitals, looking at. Uh, you know putting themselves at risk and then having to take a salary cut and some really fine journalists there so it'll be great if you guys support uh, them support yeah, them Express read has, them log on to their website the, has the yeah. finest network it'll, it'll of reporters in this country for newspaper finest. like express easily you know wraps up well, i hope that doesn't happen well that i don't think will happen but yeah they'll in have to really but if if, in if it's broken also it'll be when i was with the express in jammu we had the largest uh, you know kashmir bureau we had eight reporters it still is i mean they still have in three 2000. people in in the valley alone uh, right now that's what i'm saying when so they don't maybe, compromise on reporting yes. they don't know that's one so yeah thing. guys support independent media pay to keep news free thanks dhanya for joining us and guys do support the news minute though they don't take subscription because dhanya is very rich <laughs> <laughs> so, so i've been telling her to take subscription for the longest time i think it's a fantastic brand they do amazing work and they have so much goodwill i think if they, they do have, have a subscription i think a lot of people would want to subscribe to absolutely and the great thing is they cover a region of india which the so called mainstream media mm. usually It ignores not. so that's and the one good thing I, again dhania can feel really happy with all the praise we're giving her but one thing is that whenever there's news happening in the southern states it's it's one website you can trust for accurate fact based reporting there's very little opinion or adjectives there's very little of them telling you how to feel or think about a story but if you want to just know what's happening you can just log on to their website and know that it's fast yet accurate because you know the north press doesn't do anything on the madrasi media on madrasi you know there's nothing this you are trying to grab me by using the word madrasi <laughs> <laughs> but i think yeah i mean speed and accuracy together is such a tough yeah. thing to have no, it is but but so really thanks anya take my advice main bata raha hu ab like tum payment gateway chalu kar lo theek hai bahut paisa bhagwan ne diya hai tumhe lekin log support karenge likh ke le lo yes i will
all right until next week be safe take care and take care of people around you in your neighborhood no one should starve to death guys just make sure of that yeah goodbye good luck bye bye you know that it would be untrue you know that i would be a liar if i was to say to you girl we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. I just sit the night on fire. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.